0: That was awesome you can always tell when the Lord is on somebody you know this I just proclaim this is a house of his glory I just proclaim that this church will be a house of the presence of God it's proclaim that this church will receive all that Jesus died for you to have you know Jesus died for us to have so many things but we have yet to receive them all and we're waiting for God to come and do it to us or do it for us but he is He has spread out a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He's spread out a feasting table. All the things Jesus died for us to have have already been given to us. God is looking for somebody who says, I'll take it. Nobody else wants that. I'll take that. I'll take that, and I'll take that, and I'll take that. You see, didn't he, it says he died for the sins of the whole world. But does the whole world get saved? No, because some people say, you know, I don't really want that. But if you say, yeah, I'll take that, you get born again. He offers baptism to everybody. Does everybody get baptized? No, some people say, you know, I'm not so sure about that getting wet in front of people. I was baptized in the river. Hallelujah. Jesus offers a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Does everybody take it? "Ah, That's a little weird. I don't want that, Holly. You get as much as you go in for because Jesus has already bought it, paid for it, purchased it in blood so that we could have it all. What does it say? Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places has been given to us. It has been given to us. So the issue is not God hasn't given it to me. The issue is I haven't learned how to go in and get it. I haven't learned how to pull it and receive it. You know what John the Baptist said? He said Jesus Christ would come and he would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I don't hear a lot of talk about the fire I do hear some talk about the Holy Ghost, although not enough, hallelujah. But you know, while I've been preaching for, I'll be honest, I'm kind of old. And my first time preaching was 1989. There's people in here who weren't even born yet, okay? And I didn't know what I was doing. But over the years, God taught me how to preach, taught me how to say what he wanted to say. But over the years, I grew tired of just dispensing information and people saying, oh, that was a great sermon, but it really didn't make change in our lives, right? There's even a scripture that talks about ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, I almost felt like ever learning but never able to manifest the presence of the king. Do you know that that's who you really are? You know you not know, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the very house of the throne of God. If you can ever get a hold of that, you will begin to allow God to move through you isn't that amazing? Hey, I don't see the clock. Oh, there's a clock. got to make sure I don't blow it. Is that? Thank you. There it is. You know, because you don't want me talking all day. <laughs> but, but of late, I have been pressing into God with a hunger. You know, a very wise man said, he said, in the natural, if you want to get hungry, you don't eat. It'll make you hungry. But in the spirit, it's the opposite. When you, you, you want to get hungry, you eat. If you want to get hungry for the word, you eat the word. If you want to get hungry for presents, you hang out with God. And the more you do, it's like a seed that is sown that grows bigger. So when you don't feel like it, do it anyway. You know, the Bible talks about that our God is a consuming fire. Did you know that John, when he was in the book of Revelation, when, you know, now think about it, he knew Jesus pretty well, Right? Most theologians believe he was the same John that laid his head on Jesus' chest, heard his very heartbeat. They were like best buds. And yet when he saw him, he fell at his feet as one dead, and he described him. He said his hair was white like wool, and his eyes were a flame of fire. We're going to look in those eyes one day. And you know what? I want to look back with fire. I I don't mind falling at his feet as one dead. I don't mind that, (laughs) you know. I don't mind having the fear of the Lord, even the terror of the Lord, because God is a consuming fire. Isaiah saw him. He said, I saw the Lord, and he was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. That means the train of his glory. When we see him, we will be overcome with who he is. Overcome. But he's so kind and so good that he actually desires for you to carry that Holy Spirit and that fire. And so, you know the theme really here is about awakening but what I want to say is God has purchased that for us too Jesus purchased that for us we can go get more fire I feel like I'm preaching to some new believers and some very old believers and sometimes when you're a new believer you have great zeal and that's awesome and you press in and you keep pressing in because if you press in you will find God what does I say when you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart. Some people say, I don't know how. It doesn't matter how. What matters is seek him with all your heart. You can bumble and stumble. And th- I, I meet with God all the time and I never know. You know, I, I don't always know what the right thing to say or, you know, if, if we're waiting on being, getting it together, like Joshua said, forget it. <laughs> in, in the presence of a holy God, none of us really have it together. I've been hanging around with God a long time and I still feel like a little kid when I'm with him. I still feel like a little kid that needs to be taught, needs to be corrected. But most of all, I need that fire. And see, when I first got turned on to the presence of the king, I began to press in several hours a day. I would every night, I, would write, I worked full time and then I would go to the church and I would pray about three hours every night because I was so hungry and thirsty and I knew there was something to be gotten if I pressed in. And I didn't know what I was doing and I still don't. But what I found is when you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. We need to discard the idea that God's just going to come and tap me on the head with a magic wand and I'll just be able to move in the gifts. No, the gifts are already yours. Let, let me say this to you. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you. He died to give you the fullness. Did you know that the Bible says of his fullness have all ye received and grace for grace? Yeah, it says that. So where is it? It's within you. Where is it in you, in your born-again spirit, if you're born again? If you're not born again, this does not apply to you. You need to get born again. Unless a man be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. My words will sound like foolishness to him if he's not born again. If you're here and blah, 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 you probably need to get born again. Because when you get born again, you're given the mind of Christ. That's how you perceive the things of the spirit. Unless a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. He can't perceive spiritual things, which implies that if a man is born again, he's been given access to the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He's been given access to see, proclaim, and understand the things of heaven. He's been given access. That doesn't mean it's automatic. Here's the news about the promises. There's hundreds of promises of God that are for you, and a promise means it's already been purchased for you. I see some people going, tilt. But it's true. Jesus has already died and paid for your healing. Did you know that? Is it automatic? No. Sometimes you have to beat the devil up. Sometimes you have to stand in faith. Sometimes you have to proclaim some scriptures. Right? It doesn't mean you don't get attacked, but he's purchased the right for you to be healed. I could prove it to you, but we don't have time. Just study Isaiah 53. Do a word study, or if you don't have one, we have one on our website. spiritofgodworldwide.com. If you do a word study, it talks about all the things Jesus would die for us to have. If you are born again, the second you got born again, your name was attached, we might say, to his account with all the stuff that he purchased. Legally, it's already yours. If you're born again, your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, how about this one? In Psalm 139, it says that God knew you in the womb. He knew you before you were ever born. He formed you in the womb. And it says the number of your days was written before even one of them came to be. Well, think about it. God wrote about you in his book before you were born. Doesn't it sound like he has a plan? He knew you, he knew what your nose would be like, he knew what your hair would be like, he knew what your voice would be like, he knew what you'd be good at, he knew what you'd be bad at. He loves you, he designed you, and here's the thing, so many people go through life just, we, we meet God, and if you're like me, I met God out of desperation, and I wasn't looking to, to do great things for him or bring him glory, I was looking for help, you know, save me, get me out of this mess I'm in. But over time, if you really love God, your life should morph into someone that says, okay, you've saved me, you've died for me, now what can I do for you? How do I carry the things you carried?" Listen, did Jesus say, you need, some of you need to read your New Testament, get a real easy translation and read it, but he said in the book of John, he said, he who believes on me, the works that I do, will he do also? Wouldn't it be fun to do the works that Jesus did? And then he goes on to say, and greater works than these shall he do. I'm trying to make you hungry for more. I'm so tired of the status quo. For me, I got tired of it. Now, I said I was talking to older people and younger people. The reason I want to say this is sometimes when you're older in the Lord and you've been faithful for years and you've been, you know, holding the fort, sometimes you get a little beat up. This isn't for everybody, okay? This is for a few people. Sometimes you get a little tired, a little road weary. Doesn't mean you love God any less. You didn't lose your first love, but you're a little tired. And you don't have the same zeal you had. You actually do, but it's covered over with a little bit of weariness or pain or wounding or regret or all the stuff that happens. Stuff happens to everybody. Now we're going to do a little interactive sermon here. Right now I break off the effects on your soul that some of the difficulties you have. And yes, we do have authority to do that. I break off the negative words that were spoken to you, over you, about you, or even by you. I release you from your past into your future. Do you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire? And I know that some people say yes, some people say yes to the first, no to the second. But the baptism of, the, of fire makes, gives you an insatiable hunger for the fires of heaven. It's not a fire that burns you in a bad way. It's a fire that changes you and makes you want heaven more than earth. That's what awakening really is. Awakening isn't that something suddenly has changed in heaven. Awakening is that suddenly your focus shifts from the things of this world which you see through your flesh, right? Your eyes, your ears, right? That's called your carnal senses in the Bible. Did you know that the Bible says to be carnally, to be carnally minded is death? doesn't mean you're going to die physically. It means death is separation from God. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So awakening is when your focus shifts away from the things of this earth and goes more and more onto the things of God. And if I can even say it, fellowshipping with him until you know him. I remember loving him with all my heart, but not feeling like I knew him. And no one knows everything about God. He's so vast so infinite and so majestic. But we should come to a place of knowing his love for us. Not just that God loves you, sister. You know, we can all say it. Who need a revelation for you. God loves me, no matter what kind of day I'm having. God loves me, no matter what. And even if I mess up, he's going to help me fix it. Lord, I made a mistake. Now I'm in the wrong place. Lord, will you help me? You know what? He'll come right to where you are. And he'll help you fix that. Isn't he amazing? You know, none of us would be standing here if that weren't true. Even if you say, but what if I screwed up really bad? Well, join the club. A lot of people have screwed up really bad. Right? But God comes to where we are because he's, listen, in our, you know, Paul said, in our flesh dwells no good thing. So if you're living by the flesh, no good thing is gonna come from that. Right? You're gonna manifest stuff. You don't wanna be manifesting. But, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are called the sons of God. You see, there's a process of awakening where we begin to focus on who we are on the inside, meaning not your emotional realm, not your mental realm, but in your spirit man. Now what happens is you're going to learn how to commune with God. And at first you won't know how, but I'm asking for fire. I'm asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you would like the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you feel like you just want more, just you don't have to do this. But if you want that, say, Lord, I want more of the Holy Spirit. Just say it. Lord, I want more of the Holy You can say it. No one will judge you. Now here's the big one. If you want fire, say, Lord, I want fire. I want the fire. I have asked the Lord, you know, Lord revealed something to me. I stay up late at night. Sometimes there's there's morning, you know, there's morning people. And there's night people it is easy for me to stay up all night it is not so easy for me to get up early and if i were to pray in the morning i'd be like good morning Lord. so great to see you where's the coffee but at night you know i want to stay up all night with him i don't know why i'm geared that way i actually spend a lot of the day with him but our special times are a lot of times at night So a lot of times I learn things about the Lord when I go to sit with him in the quiet place. Last night I was sitting with him in the quiet place and I saw the throne, but the throne was full of fire. And I heard that scripture, our God is a consuming fire. A consuming fire. But it's not a fire. Now think about this, this is funny. Remember when Moses saw the burning bush and yet the bush was not burned up. That's how the fire of God is. When it comes in you, you begin to manifest more of the fire of God. Do you have people in your family you've been praying for a long time? One touch of the fire, they will either run away in fear or they'll say, I have to have what you have. And usually it's the latter. Do you have people that you want to see healed? How many people in here have heard of John G. Lake? Anybody heard of him? A couple people. John G. Lake had a phenomenal healing ministry. But the reason he did was early in life, his family, his extended family knew so much sickness. He said there were 54 people in his extended family that had passed away. And so he hated sickness with a passion. And he he, he said he couldn't remember a time when he wasn't either at a graveside doing a funeral or at a hospital visiting someone sick in his family. And even his closest, his siblings, died of these horrible things. And he grew to hate sickness, and he began to press in to God. And he began to learn the concepts of healing. I said he began to learn them. God didn't just impart to him, boom, you have a healing gift. No, he learned about healing because he was so hungry and thirsty. And one of the things, this is what I want to get over to you. Not about healing. What I want to get over to you is the things of God can be had, but they can't be had casually. It takes somebody who says, I will have that or die. When I first came to understand about the glory of the Lord, we never touch his glory, we never get credit for anything, because we never did anything right. I officially say it, I've never done anything right. And anything that God ever uses me to do is all him, all his grace, all his mercy, 100%, and I know it, right? So I'm not talking about taking his glory, but we are allowed to carry it. And when I met someone that carried it, I was ruined for anything else. Because they carried a fire that burned my face with a sunburn. And, and they said some things. They said, you can know the presence of the king. You can experience heaven before you die. You can have the presence of God in your life to such a degree that you impact people. Well, I knew the person was telling the truth because they had most certainly impacted me. It changed everything about the way I thought. It changed everything about what I wanted in life. I went from being a a probably 22, 23-year-old kid who thought they wanted, you know, I wanted some land, I wanted a farm, I wanted this, I wanted that. Suddenly, I didn't care about any of that. I wanted one thing, and that was him. But him in manifestation. Him in his presence. Him the way, listen, this is what Christianity was supposed to be. It's It's been removed subtly by the enemy from the church for centuries. The apostles moved in it, and then what Satan did? he said, oh, it was only for them, they're special. No, that is a big, fat lie. That's not true. It's for you. It's for every single person. But it's not had casually. You know, I, I don't get me wrong, I do watch movies. I like old movies. I do. I like, t- you know, Turner Classics. I go, really? I mean, I'm, I don't mean 80s, I mean 30s, right? Okay, old movies. But I'm going to tell you something. I think the TV was an invention that caused us to it caused our focus to shift so subtly i think the the facebook and the whole thing it's a subtle move to keep us just ever so casually interested in other things it's not that it's sin but there's a focus problem today god is offering us and i actually think in this hour i actually believe that in this coming year and coming years god is about to make a great big shift There are things he has promised for the latter days he said the glory of the latter house will exceed the glory of the former house what does that mean that means you and i who live i think in the last day will actually be allowed if we will be the remnant who will push in we will be allowed to operate in the same things the disciples did only there will be more of us there won't be 12 there will be thousands and that is the will of god God has been saying for years, he didn't want one and two and three special people doing it. He wants the army of God doing it. So much so that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the water covers the sea. What does that mean? That the glory of the Lord, the manifestation, what is the glory? It's the manifested presence of the king. When the manifested presence of the king comes, lives are changed, sometimes without a word. So let's go back to John G. Lake for a minute. He learned the precepts of healing, and he was seeing some healings. He started to see some. But he had not yet received what he called the fire and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he was hungry and thirsty, and he pressed in day and night. He fasted, he prayed, he fasted, he prayed for months and months. I believe, I I reread the story last night. It was about nine months. A man invited him over to a house. <clears throat> and they were going to seek the Lord together. And he said, to be honest, he said he was tired. He'd been seeking the Lord for nine months with everything he had. And this was a guy that prayed with great fervency. Not these casual, oh, Lord, hallelujah, come and visit us. No. He pressed in with a travail. But he was tired. And this man said, come over, let's seek the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire. And he came over and he said, within five minutes, this ark of white light surrounded him. The lightnings of God began to go through his body. Lightning would come from heaven into his head, go through his body down to his feet. There was a woman there in a wheelchair that had rheumatoid arthritis that had been in the wheelchair for years. He stuck his hand on her head, and the lightnings went through her body and healed her instantly. Now, did he get that casually? Uh -uh. No, he sought the Lord. What I'm trying to do, what I believe God wants to do today, is tell you what's available for you, for every person. I believe he wants to make you so hungry that you say, I don't even know how to do that, but if it's the last thing I do. I remember saying those, I don't even know what you're talking about. I remember this this fireball woman, she said, I don't know much, but I know one thing. There's a high road to success, and it's called the walk of the Spirit. And here I am, a kid driving on the tri-state towing. I said, I don't even know what that is, but God, if it's the last thing I do, I want you to teach me the walk of the Spirit. I will spend my whole life. I threw everything else the whole, every other dream I had, every other desire I had, it was all, it all became garbage in my sight. Rubbish, like Paul said. For me, this was the pearl of great price. A pearl so great that I said, I don't care. Oh, what is, you know, some people work their whole lives to get the house. You know what, the house doesn't really make you happy though, does it? Some people work their whole life to get the right car. and that's not wrong. God will bless you. He doesn't mind blessing you. But if that's your focus and you get it, it's kind of the big so what, to be honest. I've been very blessed in my life. I had a good job. I made a lot of money. I had a lot of stuff. And you know what? It didn't change my happiness. You know what changed my joy? was being with him and finding that he would allow me in an ever-increasing journey to find a place where I could open my mouth and he would talk. Now listen to me. You have people you want to touch. We've been doing it the hard way, right? We've been seeking the Lord, which is good, but we look at it as though God is in heaven. We're on earth and we're begging him to come and do something for us. That's not God's perspective. His perspective is, I died to already give you that. I died to place it legally in your charge. You are now a steward. What will you do with it? Don't come to me and say, give me this. I already did. But press in until you are changed to a place where you can manage and steward and release the presence and the glory of God so that people are touched. See, from that day that John G. Lake got the lightnings of God, it never left. That's the good news. Once you reach a certain realm in God, it's yours. For for the rest of your life, you're able to function in it. It's very easy. John G. Lake pressed into that. Charles Finney pressed, he was about souls. He wanted souls, and he burned for souls. And he would pray, he would travail. They would, they would, in travail, travail, If you look that up, what did Paul say? I travail in birth until Christ is formed in you. If you look that up, travail is like agony, like a woman in childbirth. Romans 8 refers to when we know not what to pray for we ought, there are groanings. The Holy Spirit makes intercession through us with groanings that can't be understood. Well, Charles Finney was a groaner, and he had two guys he would pray with. And they would lock in a room. And, and you, can't, you can't make this happen in the flesh. You can't make it happen. But the spirit of travail would come on them for souls. And they would travail and groan until they got a release. When, you, when you're praying like that, suddenly you just, oh, it's done. You just know it's done. I don't know how you know, you just know. Spend time in prayer. Become skilled in the place of prayer. Life gets a whole lot easier. Life gets easier when you come to understand because that's where you learn his realm. That's where you learn how he thinks, what he wants, what he desires. We're so casual with our prayer. Begin to press into him. It's worth it. You know, there's some people that will leave and go, amen, that was good, but that sounds like a lot of work. It is. <laughs> it is a lot of work. Catherine Kuhlman operated in a tremendous healing and miracles, and she said, at the end, she, she said, I didn't have anything I could give God. No giftings, no skills, no nothing. She said I didn't even have hair. I was born with red fuzz. She said, but I went to God and I said, all I can give you is nothing. I'm nothing. But she said, if you can use nothing, here it is. I'm giving you my. And he changed the world through Catherine Kuhlman in a day when women weren't supposed to preach. And she began to operate in the presence and the power of God because she came to know and understand the moving of the Holy Spirit. Where do you know that? From the place of prayer. It's worth the cost. She said these words. She said, what does it cost? It costs everything. It costs everything. But when you want it enough, I pray that the fire comes on some of you. I know that some of you are like, that's a little too, I just came to church. just wanted to come to church. And that's okay. But sooner or later, I pray the fire gets you. But if you're hungry for more, some of you have been saying, God, you've said these words. I know there's more, I don't even know what to call it. My heart is hungering for something more, there must be more, but what is it? I don't even know how to ask, that's called the heart cry. And God hears that, because listen, he's the teacher, we're the student, we don't even know what we're asking for, do we? Sometimes I go to him and I say, what is that thing? There's something you're trying to give me. And and I'm not able to see it open my eyes to see. You know, the book of Revelation talks about an ointment that we put on our eyes and we can see, that we can perceive the things of the Spirit. What did Jesus say? He who has eyes to see and ears to hear and heart to perceive and understand. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. There's people in here with ears to hear. There's people in here who have hunger for more. God is releasing more. God is looking for a people who say, you know what, I am done with this program. This earth has not been all that fun. Even when you get all the stuff, it's not that fun. You can, you can be a partier and you can party until the cows come home and then in the end you go, eh, it's not that fun. And even if it's fun, listen, even earthly happiness is temporal and when you're done with it, you're like, okay, well that was good, now what? But joy is eternal. When you get a well of joy, it's with you all the time. All the time, because it is eternal. It's a different kind of happiness. It's a deep satisfaction with who you are in him and who he is in you. Last night when he showed me that throne of God, now I didn't see it, okay, with open eyes. I saw a picture of it, but that's how he talks to me, okay? I saw a picture of the throne with fire on it, but he said, what I'm looking for is people who will commune with me enough who will make me their life instead of just a small part of their life, who will make will actually put me first and let the throne of God come first because I want to take up my throne in them that I can operate through them as an outpost in the earth. That's exactly how Jesus did what he did. He was a heavenly man in an earthly body. Guess what? If you're born again, so are you. Do do you understand that? As he is, this is a scripture, as he is, so are we in this world. (laughs) Do you know what it says about him? It says, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means in in his physical body. He was all the fullness of the Godhead. Whoa. Now, he said these words. He said, the son of man, talking about himself, can do nothing of himself. He can only do what he sees his Father in heaven doing. He had developed such a unity of the Spirit with his Father that he could look and go, oh, here's a guy with blind eyes. Okay, I'm supposed to make mud, right? He didn't just decide to do it because he was the son of God. He was watching the Father. He was listening with his ears, his inner ears. Do, do you understand that's how, that's how miracles are done? I don't know. I don't have any gifting for miracles and healings. But when I was in my 20s, I was hungry for the voice of God. I said, you got to talk to me. I don't know how to do life. You got to teach me. I don't know anything. You got to talk. You got to help me. And God, how God taught me was I'd be standing next to somebody who looked fine, and he'd say, quietly, inside, he'd say, diabetes. I would say, excuse me, are you struggling with diabetes? Yes, I am. May I pray for you? Yes. He would heal them. Had nothing to do with me because I wasn't operating in faith. I was just doing what he said. That's how he taught me how to hear him. Do You understand that that's a gift of the Spirit called the word of knowledge. Hope I'm not going too far for you. I mean, I hope this is Okay. But that's called the word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is a secret about someone that you couldn't possibly know but God knows and it's never to judge them. It's never to condemn them. It's always to help them, okay? It's my, one of my favorite gifts. The gifts of the Spirit live in you if you're full of the Holy Ghost. I said they live in you. The issue with us is we need to learn how to operate in what he has already given us. God is trying to get a people who are so focused on him that they learn his processes. You see, because the processes of heaven are different than the processes of earth. Okay, I worked in IT for a long time, and everything's a process. And some work, and some don't. If you don't do it right, it won't work. You've got to have every comma, every, every as Jesus would say, every jot and tittle. You've got to have every little thing right, or the stupid computer won't work, right? Right? Well, there are processes in heaven that if you do A, B, and C, you get X, Y, Z. And the word spells that out. If you do this, you get that. If you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ confesses in your mouth. You know, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart, God has raised him, from dead. you shall be saved. If you do this and you do this, you shall get that. If you don't do this and you don't do that, you won't get that. Well, the promises are like that. Do you know that God is... Hungry, we, we want to be hungry, but God is hungry. Did you know that God has a fervent desire? That God is looking at each of us. Don't Stop worrying about your condition. Stop worrying about performing well enough for him. Nobody does. There's only one that's ever gotten it right. And his name's Jesus. And he died and gave us that. So this is what God's been telling me for a long, long time. I'd rather have you with me. Than performing for me I'd rather if he said he said I don't have to pick I don't have to choose but he said if I had to choose between you doing great things for me and you just hanging out with me I'll always pick you hanging out with me and when you hang out with me then you'll do great things for me because I will do them through you It won't be you it'll be me in you despite your imperfection that's the system that's the grace of God and that's for every believer I don't care if you're five years old we've seen kids operate in phenomenal things because somebody just told them they could and they believed that's how we're supposed to be god has a hunger he wants you hungry but he has a hunger and a desire don't you don't you want your life to fill his need do you ever think about what god needs say well god's got everything no there's one thing he doesn't have you and me he wants us to be wholly his if you were married to somebody, if a man is married to a woman and she's kind of partly his some of the time when she's not busy with her friends, how annoying would that be? Right? He's not first. If a woman has a husband and she feels like and she feels like she's not first with him, that he's always looking at other women, that's annoying, isn't it? Aggravating and hurtful. But you know, that's how God speaks about us in the Old Covenant. He writes at length about his people cheating on him. And he's not just talking about by looking at other people. He's talking about that they cheated on with other gods. You say, well, we don't have gods in this day. Oh, yeah, we do. Sure we do. Sure we do. We got tons of them in our home. Anything that comes before him, a desire, oh, if I just had this, I'd be happy. No, yeah, I wouldn't. Now, God doesn't mind you having that stuff, but he does mind it if it comes before him. That's called idolatry. Oh, she, she. Getting nosy now. But I'm just trying to tell you how to get to the throne. I'm trying to tell you that your life could be radically different. I'm trying to tell you that this is the way to walk in victory. It doesn't mean the devil won't attack. It doesn't mean you won't have trouble. But this is the way to walk in victory over every single thing and win. It doesn't mean you win instantly. Sometimes there's a little fight. Sometimes you've got to take the devil and beat him up. Jesus already took care of it, gave you the power to do it, and wants you to do it. Jesus wants you in victory. He wants you so in him. What does it say? In him we live and move and have our being. Could you come to a place where you're so in him that you are aware of an open heaven all the time? No matter what kind of things are going on in the day. I'm telling you, that's what God wants for you, for all his kids. People pray for an open heaven. Listen, God already did that. The Old Testament, oh, rend the heavens and come down. He did. He ripped it open with such a violent, rushing wind. Come on, read Acts 2. Tore it open. People came from all over town to see, what is that noise? Oh, it's just heaven ripping open. David prayed. God has rendered an open heaven But not everyone is walking in it because they're they're so in the flesh that their flesh gets in the way. If you could imagine that your flesh is like sort of walls that stop you from operating in the spirit, but you have all the goods. You have all the stuff that Jesus bought for you. You have, think of, think now of who your spiritual hero is. You know, maybe you have a spiritual hero, somebody that's like, you know, raised the dead, they've preached to millions, Reinhard Bonnke, he's with the Lord now, but three and. 3.4 3.4 million souls in one crusade. Come on. And he did it for decades. He's one of my heroes. Think of the most spiritual person, think of Smith Wigglesworth or John G. Lake, Lester Summerall, whoever your, your favorite, most profoundly spiritual person to See, what Satan has probably told you is, well, they have a special gift. and you know, they were born under special light. Now, I'm not saying that can't happen, but I promise you this, and we can prove it by the word, You have access to every single thing they had. Access, but it's not automatic. God is inviting you to press in, to push in, to say, if I have to pray, I'll pray. If I have to fast, I'll fast. I'll do whatever it takes, because I'm tired of the status quo. I'm tired of being a Christian that just goes through the motions and doesn't have any juice. Listen, when Charles Finney preached, when he started to preach... People who were not even in earshot, weeping would pass through the place and people not even in his earshot would come under the conviction and the presence and the power of the Lord and they would begin to weep and repent. And they didn't even know why. They weren't even in earshot. What does that tell you? It tells you that heaven has an atmosphere and a presence that is tangible. And it can go farther than the sound of your voice. How about it? Wouldn't you like to have that? That's When when I heard that story, something went off in the inside of me like a pilot light. Foom! And I could never put it out. I could, never, I could never walk away. No matter how hard I went through some hard times, I couldn't get rid of that fire. And what I'm saying to you is God has a fire for you. You were put here for a reason. You're entering a time now. I believe you guys are going to do some fasting and praying. Don't do it as a duty. Don't do it because everybody else is doing it. Do it because you want him to be so manifested in your life that the works of God become how you operate. Learn how the Holy Spirit moves. All you got to do is move with him, and you'll see the gifts flow all the time. <clears throat> I'll close with this. I saw a guy one time, picture. God speaks to me through pictures. I saw a picture of a man, and he loved the Lord with all his heart, and he was fervent in prayer. And he was standing in the middle of a wood saying, Oh, God, won't you anoint me? Oh, God, anoint me. Oh, Lord, won't you anoint me? But about 50 yards away, there was this river, and it was the river of the Holy Spirit. And the river was saying, come over here. Get in the river. Learn to swim. And what God was saying was, I'm not going to come and bring it over to you, you because that's not how it works. You learn where I'm flowing, and you'll always flow. You learn where I'm flowing, how I'm flowing. Learn. Listen, I used to kayak when I was young. I used to kayak a lot. One thing you learn, you learn how the water moves and you just move with it and it's real easy. If you don't know how the water moves, it's not so much fun. You're out. Got to get back in. You're out. Got to get back in. It's no fun. But once you learn how the water moves and you just move with it, see, when you move in the Holy Spirit, He's moving all the time. Right? So you just, all you got to do is just stand under the spout where the glory comes out open your mouth. You may have a word of knowledge. You may have a miracle. You may have a healing. You may have a word of encouragement for somebody. You may have, you may just suddenly know something about somebody. And at first, your flesh will fight it. You'll say, oh, I don't think that's God. Test the waters. God's trying to train you. Don't shut it down. That's what a lot of people do. You do, by the way, hear the voice of God. But many people shut it down. They shut it down because they're afraid. Just test the water and just be so gentle with that person. Call the person, say, you know, I was just praying and I, I just had this impression I wanted to run by. You don't have to be weird. Don't be weird. <laughs> Please, we have enough of that. And you just say, you know, I just had this impression. And usually they'll burst into tears or say, how did you know? Well, you know, I was just kind of praying and I just saw this and I felt like the Lord was, and see what that is. Word of knowledge, just by the way, comes in two pieces. Usually comes with a word of wisdom. You know, I saw you and I saw that you're struggling with your business and you haven't told anybody. How did you know? Well, I felt like the Lord said to do this. That's the word of wisdom. So what if he knew, you know, I mean, great that you knew the problem, but it's even better if you've got the solution. And the Lord usually gives them in pairs. Amen. So hallelujah, God wants to use every believer in great ways. Seek the Lord for his consuming fire. It, It will only burn you in good ways. And it will leave you with, when you finally get, I'm telling you, when you press into God enough, there's a couple things that happen. Suddenly you know who you are. You're not special. You're not important. You're not a big and a big deal of the day. But you know who you are and you know why you're here. So you don't waste time on all the other stuff that people think you ought to be doing, right? You know who you are and you know why you're on planet Earth. And life is so easy. You can joyfully go about your business. And those were the two things Jesus knew. God wants you to know that about you, because you're here. Listen, remember, go read Psalm 139. It says, your days were written, the number of your days was written about you before one of them came to be. So don't you think God has a blueprint? But you have to get that blueprint from heaven. So I pray that you grow hungry and thirsty with an insatiable desire that you will go after this thing that, that like I did in my 20s, you say, man, I don't even know what she's talking about, but I know it's something I have to have. Lord, if it's the last thing I do, teach me the walk of the Spirit. Give me the baptism of fire. Give me the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Teach me the ways of God. Begin to ask Him. You know, you, you don't get if you don't ask. You have not because you ask not. That's truth. You keep asking, keep asking, keep seeking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and the door will be opened. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.